Welcome to Engaging and Empowering School Libraries, a podcast that aims to raise the profile of school libraries by talking about topics that are current across education and teaching. This week, we're talking about the role of the school librarian can play in helping students and teachers engage with ChatGPT and AI. After initially deciding that I needed to know more about it back in December, um, the AI world has exploded and it's virtually impossible to keep up to date with everything new that's now available. We felt that another conversation about what the school librarian's um, role can be and should be aware of going forward was important. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Sabrina Cox, and tonight's guests are John Royce, a freelance consultant and trainer, Susan Merrick, a teacher librarian who's at an international school in Surrey, and Jerry Hurd, who is a teacher librarian based in Korea. We are very grateful that she's got herself up at 4am to be with us. Welcome. So there's lots to talk about ChatGPT and AI within education and schools all over the world have been discussing it. So let us start with um, the school librarian's role. So let's start with you, John. What do you think the school librarians should be focusing on? And is this an opportunity to be recognised as an expert again, do you think? Nope. Um, <laughs> question. A very big question. Start with an easy one, I, I say. <laughs> um, it, I think it should be a matter for everyone involved in the school. It's not just the school librarian's role to take a leading role here. Um, perhaps a leading role in the sense of uh, making teachers aware, making students aware of the uh, possibilities of uh, using AI ethically, appropriately, um, and uh, a very big role there, teaching the teachers. I, I think there's been a lot of hysteria about uh, artificial intelligence and uh, chat GPT in particular in uh, recent weeks. It's exploded because of chat GPT yeah. version three. Um, but in many ways, uh, it's it's just a new tool um, which uh, can be dealt with, uh, be treated uh, in the way we've uh, always treated technology. Challenge at first, but we find ways to use it. We we cannot stop it. We cannot ban it. Yeah. Um, so uh, that, that's where I think we're coming from. Absolutely. What about you, Jerry? Do you think it's an opportunity for, for school librarians? Well, it certainly has been for me. Oh. <laughs> um, we, you know, I've been going around talking to all the uh, students in English classes about using it and, you know, the pros and cons, what it is really great at, what it's really horrible at. Um, and so it's been a great chance for me to get in the classroom more than I, I normally would be able to, because um, I am going to all the English classes, which is, you know, every student. Um, and it's, it, which, so it's been great talking to the kids. It's also been great talking to the teachers, um, because as, as, as they're, you know, in the lesson too, um, just seeing the range of ideas about the tool and how to use it. You know, there are teachers who have completely banned it, even though the school hasn't banned it. You know, the teachers are saying, no, no, if you use it, you'll fail the assessment. And others who are, are really on board. So um, 
it's really starting some good conversations, I think. So did they, you did they, that, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, go on. I was going to say, did they, the reason that you're invited into every class is because they, they recognize you as somebody who knows a lot about it. Why did they, is it something that you do normally in, in class, in classes? Uh, no. Okay. Okay. This <laughs> no. is my, my, you know, line manager happens to be the director of information and technology. Right. And we, we were having some students coming in saying, you know, my teacher said my assessment got flagged as AI generated. I swear I did it by myself. <laughs> um, and, and, and we think they did, you know, most of them, you know, one of the, the issues with second language learners is that their writing often looks like it's AI generated, of course, because it's not fluent, you know, the sentences and are very stiff, repeated vocabulary. And so he decided, because he knows I'm, you know, pretty techie. And he said, you know, I think you need to be going around and talking to people. And plus I had already sort of made a poster about, you know, ways students could use it and sent that around. So fantastic. Okay, so so let's bring Susan in. Do you think that the skills that with that you're teaching, um, so information literacy skills or inquiry skills, need to change much in the AI message? You know, bringing AI into the classroom. Do you think that is it is different? Well, I think at this point. Um, the AI is in really in its infancy and making lots of mistakes um, that it's it's like working with anything that you can't necessarily trust that you have to fact check. And that's something that I work with students all the time, teaching them how to, you know, find out whether something's reliable or not and 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 fact check. So I think that goes along just fine with it. Um, I've been into uh, I've been met with all of the extended essay students. So I would say that we only have maybe three or four who aren't taking the full diploma course and therefore not doing extended essay. So I've worked with nearly the entire cohort um, of grade 11s. And um, I've talked to them about um, AI and we've looked at some of the issues um, you know, some of the problems that arise from using it. I've shown them some of the things that I've done with it and the uh, problems that have come out of that. So they have an idea that that you can't just take what you get from it at face value necessarily, um, which at the moment I think is a bit discouraging. I know it is certainly from my point of view. You'd like to think, oh, that's great. That's all done. Except you know that what you now have to do is go and check it out. Check it. Yeah. 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 Can I bring you in, John? Yeah, I, I was going to say uh, we, we, um, chat GPT is making a lot of mistakes, but that isn't necessarily going for all artificial intelligence. No. Um, and we need to be careful there, perhaps. Um, it, it is being widely used. It's been widely used for years in uh, different fields. It's only the language model that's um, made it uh, so prevalent, so, so so much awareness of uh, what it is and what, what it can do, what it can't do, what Absolutely. it can't do. Yeah, Susan, can I bring you back in? Yes, I just wanted to say that um, 
today I got approved by Google to be able to start using their AI. And um, I mean, it has quite a few similarities to chat GPT, uh, though I did like some of the functions that it has on it. The, uh, you know, you can do a thumbs up or thumbs down on the result that you got. You can actually refresh it and get a whole different answer. And you can also click Google it and you just go straight into the search engine. Um, so if you're getting frustrated, don't get quite what you want. Um, I I looked at um, the same question um, that I had asked ChatGPT, which was I wanted it to give me a list of fantasy series for um, children 11 to 18 that, let's see, there was something else I said. I can't remember the exact details of everything I asked it to do on that. Um, so I wasn't happy with the results I got from ChatGPT. In fact, in the second time I asked, I asked it to give me um, from 2015 to 2020, because I knew it didn't go beyond 2021, and it made it all up. Yeah. Um, now, yeah, <laughs> all of it. <laughs> Yeah. I went through and checked every one. I thought they can't all be made up. Um, so the Google didn't do that. So all of them were okay. They did exist. However, when I read the little blurbs, I asked um, them to give blurbs on each of the series uh, thinking I might be able to use this, um, you know, in the library. And um I wasn't very happy with the blurbs it gave. You know, I, I sort of read, I knew some of the series and I read up on some of the others and Oops, yeah. Can I, bring, can I bring Jerry in? Okay, so I got, somehow got clapping hands. <laughs> clapping hands. <laughs> <too. laughs> um, Susan, I have a question because a student was showing me chat GPT has a browser add-in that will search Google. And she was all excited by that, but it was bringing up these horrible websites like Reddit as a source and, you know, essays.com. What, what kind of sources is, is Google, you know, coming up with when you search? No, to tell you the truth, um, I only clicked on it when I was interested in finding um, some other sources of um, book blurbs. So that really those websites were just fine. Um, but I, I will have a look tomorrow because I was playing around with some of my extended essay students' questions. So <laughs> I will have a look and see what the, it throws up for those. Bing has something similar now as well. So I'm, I was registered and, and it seems to do the same kind of thing. So you have a, a question box like you do in Google and it gives you the websites that that it would recommend like if like a Google search, like a Bing search. And then on the right hand side, there's a there's a chat box now that are, that allows you to have an AI conversation. But it is down to definitely down to how and what you're asking seems to be the skill set that we need to be thinking about and teaching, I think. John, do you want to can I bring you back yeah. in? I was just uh, going to suggest that uh, Jerry come in uh, with, with a word about illicit, which appears to be uh, very useful. Yeah. One of the more useful um, illicit is the bomb. 
I really love it. Um, it's a it's another AI tool that is built around doing a literature review. Uh, and I've been using it with our extended essay students. It um, is like Google Scholar on Turbo because it, you know, and, and it tends to work better with the social sciences, like things in psychology and, and you know, economics. It has um, a couple different options. Like it has a toolbar on the left that lets you search by different parameters, for example, you know, as opposed to the, the usual, just, you know, the article and then an abstract. It lets you search by, by methodology, by results, um, by the number of people in the study. And so it really lets students get very granular in, in um, finding sources. And then once you click on it, um, because, you know, a big part of, well, the extended essay in specific, but, you know, student research in general is being able to evaluate their sources. And it actually, when, once you click on a source, a little box pops up and it lists, you know, um, like, like uh, you know, the, the source, a, a short abstract, and then it talks about like, the, these were the possible limitations of the findings. And um, you can, it lists the, you know, where, where else the source has been cited, you know, what, what have people said about it? So they see what that academic conversation is around the article. Um, and then you can also, you know, start asking it questions about the article so it can sort of have a little chat with it. Um, it's still like all AI, it, it is glitchy. Do you need to sign up for that one, Jerry? You do. But okay. it's easy. It's just, a, you know, it's just your email. It's not like chat GPT where you have to give your phone number, which I find very dodgy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then it also has a task bar that um, can help students generate research questions. The initial ones it does are really horrible. They're very broad, very vague, but then it has a help me be more specific, okay. you know, and it's just a whole list of tasks it can do that um, again, some are more useful and and accurate you know, than, than others, but you know, it's like everything, this is only going to get better and better. Yeah, so so actually that leads me on to my next question, which is about the the skills that we're going to need in the future to to use these tools effectively. So obviously a good prompt is one of the skills without question. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, do you think it's something that school librarians need to be focusing on, or do you think that that it will just come? I will stay with Jerry. Do you think it will just it, it will evolve as the tools evolve? Because you're making it sound as if illicit illicit was that is what it was called is is um, that step ahead again. So you don't have to think of the questions initially, mm. but you would have to start asking questions once you find the source, is that right? Is that where your, your skill is gonna come? Yeah, I mean, I do think, you know, I saw an article a couple of weeks ago that said prompt writing is the new literacy. Yeah. And I think that's very true. You know, the IB just came out with its update to the academic, academic integrity policy, which I thought was 
was pretty enlightened approach compared to, you know, like the AP in the US was just said, ban it. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, what one thing they said was that where they, you know, not right now, but, you know, five, 10 years down the line where they see assessment going is not so much essay writing itself has been given a draft of an essay and being able to write the prompt to fix whatever is wrong with it, which I was like, you know, okay, there you go. That's it right there. <laughs> you know, we're, we're not going to, students won't be drafting. They'll be, you know, generating the text to, to fix the draft. Yeah. So, um, so, so yeah, which is that, that's a game changer, right? It is. Yeah. yeah. It just makes it so big, doesn't it? And how do, but how do you think we're going to get the skills ourselves like there's lots of you you know I'm on LinkedIn and there's lots of people out there doing you know particularly teachers it seems to me that are doing the understanding a prompt and how you can generate a prompt to you know even just trying out yourself you you can type in the simplest questions and you get the simplest rubbish answer but actually if you if you have you have to start really thinking about what you're asking it it's not just you know, when they yep. talk about children cheating, it just makes me laugh because actually, unless you know what you're asking for, it, it's quite difficult to cheat because mm-hmm. because of the the simplicity of the answer that you're going to get if you don't ask a good question. Um, so, you know, we're heading into the realms of something really quite clever. But where are school librarians going to get the skill set, do you think, that they're going to need in order to be able to support those teachers who and students who aren't ready to jump into AI what do you reckon John it'll be a matter of uh keep, keeping up to date reading the uh experts the, the guides learning ourselves I think learning by experience passing on our knowledge uh through the networks through our blogs or whatever means we use to uh make others aware our lib guides and so on um it's it's going to be a a lot of feel there at the same time using the skills we already have building on them yeah we're we're not starting from scratch we we already have many of the skills we need even if we don't know it yet yeah so that so that uh, the one the one thing that i that i love to talk about is creating a good question but this is a prompt is so mm. much more than that. You know? <laughs> well, a, a good question is one uh, which gets uh, an answer which makes sense to you, which makes sense uh, in terms of what you think you need. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Jerry, can I bring you back in? Well, I also think because I've been playing around with Midjourney lately which is an image generator AI. And the type of prompt you write for that is a lot different than the prompt you write like in chat GPT. And and they're really difficult, you know, to try to get the kind of image you want. So like you have to, it's, it's learning a whole new language because it's about photographic language. And you're saying, I want a high res 4k. When it's just, um, and so it's it's actually a lot of you know looking because Midjourney lets you look at the prompt other people use. Right, that's handy. <laughs> so just kind of copying and pasting those and then testing different, different ones. Yeah. So 
What's it called again? Mid-journey. Mid-journey. But that's the thing, isn't it? That's it. really interesting is the fact that literacy is going to change mm. because because we're, you're, you know, in order to get a photograph or a picture that you want to create, you have to know what to ask it for. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> we've, we've taken even that step beyond the Google image search, haven't we, where, you know, you want dogs and you want cats and you want, you know, you can actually begin to be more creative. And I know there's a real risk of, um, you know, copyright coming up and that's another completely different um, area. But in order for students to get to the stage that they're good enough to get something out of it, they have to be educated in how to do that in the first place it's fascinating i think yeah yeah quite um, a challenge sorry a quite a challenge quite a challenge yeah yes. absolutely i think Getting it's our way yeah so so somebody out there needs to start running training <laughs> <laughs> doing lots of research and training but that brings me into susan because susan is doing something soon i think about ai is that right I am. I'm, I'm going to the Follett workshop in Vienna, and I've offered to give a workshop um, about a, well, not a workshop, just a session about AI on the second day. But actually, it's more of a prompt. I want it to be a prompt to get people talking about it. And I'm in the process, I've, I've just started creating a libguide where I can pull together all of the information that I found. I can put in the um, that appendix six from um, the IB academic integrity policy, all those kinds of things, so that people will have them all together, um, you know, when they need to go through and start doing some research. It's, and it's also as much for me as anything else so that I have a place where mm -hmm. I know there will always be so I can go back and look at them. Um, yeah, so as I said, it, it's, I'm going to bring up all of these, um, but it, I really want it to be more of a discussion. Sort of like it was a conversation in Prague, John, yeah. yeah, that was a, a great workshop. Um, or... So that's quite interesting. I think that, the you know, we've brought it up a couple of times that IB has come up with um, guidance on using AI tools. So, you know, things like, um, I, I pulled it up here so I could sort of briefly look at it, but, but things like how to reference um, insight uh, in-text citation they're they're covering it all now I know that I've seen a couple of teachers talking about a policies for schools and AI um you know it, it can't be banned it's it's the mm. genius out it's of the so so <laughs> you know do you think you know uh, IB have obviously gone down that route of of putting in procedures and things in place. Do you think schools will have to go down that route, John? Very much so, yes. It, it all comes down to integrity, the integrity of the student, the integrity of uh, the teachers, um, the integrity of a student's research. 
itself, not, not just the students' integrity, but uh, making sure that the research fits, um, it, it's not invented. Yeah. So do you uh, think though, that that's a, probably uh, an opportunity? Because if a student is now using AI in the classroom, they've they've typed a good prompt in they've they've got mm. a response they're then sat there they need to do something else and actually the if the if the task is more can you work out whether the information that you found is correct or not it just changes it turns it all on its head doesn't it i think it's it's an interesting one um can I come back to Jerry? Do you think that the students that you're working with are what's their reaction to AI in the classroom? Are they are they excited? Are they interested? Are they how how are they using it? Yeah, well, yeah, it's it has been really interesting talking to them about it. Um, and because I'm doing the full range, I've been through grades six through ten now. And then I've talked to my 11th graders about illicit and they are excited. They're, and it's really because they're, they're really sort of mirroring teachers because I think teachers are really confused about it. Yeah, too. They are. yeah. Um, and, you know, like, so, so when I talk to them, you know, like, like I do the little presentation and one of the first questions I ask them is, have you used it? And if so, how are you using it? And, you know, some of them are actually using, you know, their teachers are having them use it like for coding and things like that. But then they tell me, oh, and I use it for research. And I kind of winced. <laughs> of course, as, as all the librarians have been talking about, the problem, and although we're all doing it, right? Um, you don't know where it's pulling from. You know, it's not like a Google search where, you're going directly to the site. You can see who wrote it. You can evaluate whether you think it's reliable or not versus it just gives you an answer, Yeah. which to the kids seems easier, right? Yeah, of course it does. <laughs> Actually, yeah. it's really not. Um, so, you know, and I, I think they're kind of using it in pretty perfunctory ways right now. And yeah. so, you know, which is one reason I, I made that, that poster about, you know, 25 different ways you can use it. <laughs> and so we talk about, you know, when you have a long-term project, like the personal project or the EE, you can tell it, make me a schedule, you know, so that you don't miss deadlines and it can scaffold things for you um, about using it, uh, what I tell them is, you know, outsource the production, not the thinking. That's that, great. That yeah. if they're using it, like if if what they're asking it to do is what the task is supposed to do, then that's the problem, you know. Yeah. But if, if it's the kind of thinking they're supposed to be doing, um, I had some. Oh, you know, Matt. I forget his last name. Matt Miller, anyway, the, the guy who runs Ditch That Textbook came up with a really good scaffold. And I run all the kids through this and all the teachers at my school are talking about it because it goes from, you know, student does all the work, no AI, to the other end is AI does everything, copy and paste. And then there's an in increasing level of AI doing the work, like student gets ideas from AI, but does their own assessment. Um, student writes the draft, but gets feedback. 
to AI writes the draft and the student tweaks it. And seeing where people fall, and then, then we ask, okay, which is okay and which isn't. And like, that's the conversation we need to be having. Absolutely. Because especially that AI writes the draft and student tweaks it, it's where mm. we're heading. Yeah. But people are so uncomfortable with that. Yeah. It's funny because I, I, I've tried it myself a few times to, with lots of different things. And I find at the minute I'm, I'm distracted by how clever it is and what it can do for me. Mm. And it has stopped me. It has stopped me thinking. <laughs> um, and, and I almost. Stop thinking. Because it's done it. You think, what do I, what do I do now? But mm. actually it's it's about helping you come up with the ideas and and actually what i've that i'm asking it to do the wrong things so so i asked it to plan me a blog and and i got bogged down with what it was suggesting and <laughs> in the end i was thinking to me well actually i don't need to write about that because that isn't the bit that i'm interested in do you know but it was sort of sucking me in so you can see how students are going to get sucked in because they're so used to typing the question to Google, taking the first um, website they find, cut and paste the first thing that they find. This is like massive, big, big win for them. You know, type a question and it gives you the answer. But actually, we have to now teach them that they need to be reading. Wow. <laughs> they need to read what they get in order to check to see whether it's right or not. And actually... They have to do the research now. And, and it's, it's sort of almost brought it back to where we really wanted it to be in an, in an amazing way, which I think is really exciting. So it's, it's interesting to hear that students are finding it just as scary as, <laughs> <laughs> as teachers. I think it's fascinating. I think it really is fascinating. So, you know, as with things, new things that come to the market, you know, we've just sort of been talking about the fact that there are real positives. So it's going to start taking the mundane. So I have heard of teachers talking about um, it, creating lesson plans, creating schemes of work, coming up with ideas that they hadn't thought of, which is all great. And I think for librarians, it will do similar things. So I've heard, you know, um, people, uh, librarians using it for um, uh book suggestions so where students come in and, and ask they've read such and such what else they could they read and you can use things like ChatGPT to come up with a recommended list presuming that you don't know that student very well maybe um you know are there other things I can see Susan's got a hand up do you want to come in I just wanted to say don't ask it to do book blurbs Okay. <laughs> it, gets, it gets them really wrong. <laughs> yet, yet Susan, it will come yet. <laughs> I will. That's it. This you we have to remember it's in its infancy. It is an infant. Yeah. And is. that um, I mean that how long before it gets to adulthood, who knows? It could be just a few weeks. You know, that could be a really cool um uh competition. Do some blurbs from ChatGPT. Even if they're rubbish, and just put them out and see if they can guess what they thought ChatGPT was was um, created. Right. <laughs> <laughs> An impossible quiz. <laughs> yeah. You know, 
So, so let's change it slightly. So we, you know, there is lots of positives, I think, and, and it's really exciting, but we do have to sort of focus on, there are problems um, and there are risks involved. And we as librarians who, you know, we are, we want things to be done correctly. We, we are aware of referencing and plagiarism and, and all of those things, but what do you think the risks are going to be going forward? I'm not necessarily talking about cheating. I think, you know, the cheating is no. one thing. I think it's something that we can, you know, <laughs> students students are going to cheat or they're not going to cheat. But beyond that, what do you think we should be looking out for um, that may be a risk within a school setting. John, can I bring you in there? Not just uh, in a school setting, but in society generally, uh, perhaps. So one of the problems, human problems, is that we seek information which confirms our prejudices. We have an idea of what we're looking for. We uh, find a likely answer. Um, Great. But uh, this... uh, uh, And sometimes uh, we find conflicting information and ignore it. Can't okay. be as good. Um, it, it's uh, partly the echo chambers uh, effect. Um, but those compounded are... perhaps with the filter bubble, with Google giving us the answers it thinks we're looking for, or based on uh, our searches, based on the cookies that are set on our computer. We, don't know, we do not know how we are already being manipulated. Yeah, so we think that, you know, those things are there already, aren't they? Um, So are we going to have to upskill in order to be able to support our students or or teachers more, obviously, if we're talking in an education setting? Do you think? I'm going to bring bring Susan in. Sorry, you've got two hands there. I have, Susan. <laughs> needs to unmute. So, me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I actually, I'm upskill. I think we're always upskilling. Librarians are always upskilling. But you're always finding out about the latest thing that you need to know about or finding out about something that you should have known about five years ago and you've only just found mm. out about. Um, so... Yes, yes, we'll have to upskill. We'll also, I think in a way, we all as educators need to lead the way on this because we need to be using it all the time and finding out what it can do and what it can't do. And, and, you know, as we said, how to ask that prompt that's going to get us where we want to go. How do we teach people to start at a very simple prompt and get more and more complex until they get exactly what they want? Um, we're, we're just going to have to keep working on it. Absolutely, Jerry. Can I bring you in? Yeah. Um. Sort of adding on to to what John said, that's you know because I've written some blog posts that were you know mostly really positive and wow they look at the great stuff this can do. And the past few, I'm working on a blog post now called "Things That Keep Me Up at Night" <laughs> about AI. <laughs> And what I'm really starting to worry about as I read, you know, some of the people who know a lot more about this stuff than I do, 
is the whole deep fake thing. And, you know, because all these different tools, you know, Google and Microsoft are not an open AI. They're not the only people making these. Yeah. And um, the kind of restrictions that companies put on these for what the AI can and can't do, like, you know, not doing hate speech or, um, you know, not being, not hacking other people's computers and things that, um, you know, this could, uh, this could get very ugly, very fast, I think. And I'm really worried, you know, as a librarian about the whole information literacy, I worry that we're heading towards some, you know, when I get really depressed, you know, some Orwellian <laughs> dystopia that will make the fake news thing of a couple of years ago look like a walk in the park compared to where we might be heading yeah. with, you know, creating all, you know, you can, I read an article last week about, and, now, and I've been warning the students about this, it now only takes like a few seconds of a voice clip for them to, to be gen, able to generate a whole conversation in somebody else's voice yeah. and so what has happened in well this was about in the states um they're actually you know faking voices calling you know mostly elderly parents in the voice of their child saying i've been arrested i need you know ten thousand dollars in bail please help me and it sounds like their child wow. so they don't even question it yeah um so well, that, I mean, that's, that's overly gloomy. Yeah, I think there are some big, big concerns. Yeah, yeah, because because when I was thinking about this question and thinking about deep fake, I was thinking about the picture of the Pope in his puffer jacket. Um, <laughs> you know, and it and it's so believable. I know, you know, when and it's and it's everybody's it's gone round and everybody thinks it's funny and and yeah, you know, it's funny. Mm. Um, but some people are believing it. Mm. And and in the last week. I have been shown two or three videos where people honestly are they're laughing at the stupidity of somebody who has said something that they couldn't possibly have said, but they've mm -hmm. taken it as fact. Right. And it's because it's so easy to generate somebody somebody, somebody say in you know, a voice and a face and, and putting okay. it together uh, and it looking real. So, so this is a real, it is a real area of concern. It is something that is out there. And actually, do you know what, what you were saying, Jerry, about the fact that, you know, a couple of years ago, everything was fake and, you know, fake news was a big deal. This is, this is so much bigger and it, it, it is down to education. Mm -hmm. Uh, but unfortunately, it's the adults that I know that are sharing <laughs> this rubbish. Yeah, it's fun. So, so we're all absolutely we're yeah. already retweet. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it's gone. Do you know? So there's a big mountain to climb. Um, but I think being aware of it is also. I think that that um, phrase. Do you know if it. It, it's not quite right for this this but it, if it's too good to be true it probably is and actually do you know that you've you know you've caught somebody saying something that they shouldn't 
is that is that real or not um it, it is a real question that we need to be maybe adding to our information literacy teaching you know yeah. you know as something as a as a tool that we need to be you know in, in our box of tricks for for when we're teaching it's constantly it's, alert yeah and the more yeah. we want to believe it the more need there is to to check absolutely to absolutely so to so bring it Bring, bringing it back to the skills of the librarian and something positive to end on. <laughs> we have skills, don't we, that, that we need to give to our teachers and our students. What do you think the biggest skill we have currently in our toolbox that you would say that school librarians could be using now, even if they're not really very confident at, at, at ChatGPT. Say, say they've never looked at ChatGPT or AI before today. What, what can you say to a school librarian to say, you know, you have X skill that would help you with this? I'm going to throw that one at Jerry. <laughs> um. I think information literacy, you know, evaluating sources, using those, you know, those same critical thinking skills we've been using all along to, um, you know, not, not just accept everything at face value. And so whether it's chat GPT, um, you know, double checking, and yes, you can't look at where it's, it came from, but you can do lateral reading. You know, yeah. which we've all been teaching and checking other sources to verify. Absolutely. What about you, Susan? What would you say? Yeah, uh, you need to unmute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't fast enough clicking. Actually, I missed clicking the mute button. <laughs> um, I think that we really need to continue teaching students how to research effectively. And and this is not necessarily using AI, but just generally using a search engine. Most, most kids, actually most adults, don't really know how to use their search engine effectively. And um, I, I feel that that's one of the biggest things I could uh, impart to my students if they would listen to me. Yeah. Um, Yes, you know what it's like. What does she know? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. look at her. She's yeah. old. Why would she know anything about this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, except I can research my way around anything and they can't. Yeah, exactly. But it's about learning that, isn't it? It is about learning yes. that. And what about you, John? What would your what would you be saying to a librarian? Yeah, just just keep thinking. Stay alert, verify, verify, verify. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so I'm just going to, um, before we stop this evening, um, I want to take this opportunity to promote my membership to any schools looking for ways to support collaboration between teachers and the librarian, helping to boost independent learning, literacy and well-being through your school library. If you're not sure how to make this happen, my membership program offers training and support for school librarians and teachers and creates opportunities to engage across the whole curriculum. You can find more information in the link in the show notes below. So I'm going to finish off this evening with a little bit of a, a final 
push. So let's let's give them, you know, the the inspiration that they need. Do you know, you've got that that quiet school librarian who thinks <laughs> I can't do this. Um, what are we going to say to them, Jerry? What is it? What's the what's the big thing? You know, it's it's new for everybody. So I don't think um, worrying that you're not great at it or not perfect at it. Nobody is right now. And so, you know, you don't have to jump in whole hog, but, you know, test it, play with it. Um, and, you know, you you're still thinking about it more deeply than your students are. So it's all a win. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, can I bring Susan back in for one last final thought? Yes, I mean, I, I think uh, talk to your IT teachers. Um, I have a really good connection with um, the fellow who teaches computing at our school. And we're constantly talking about this. And he's talking about it with his students. And his students come and talk to me about it. So keep the conversation going with people in the know and people who are interested. Absolutely, absolutely. No, thanks very much, Susan. And what about you, Jim? Uh, I'd, I'd say don't assume that uh, students are out there to cheat. Right. Most of them aren't. They want to. They want to use. They want. They want to learn. They do. Um, and, and they'll be proud of their learning. Um, so help them. Help them uh, see how to use AI as a tool which will help them in appropriate and ethical ways. Perfect. Thank you. What a brilliant way to finish. So thanks for joining me today, John, Susan, Jerry and Sabrina. It's been really interesting to chat with you. I hope we've managed to unpick a little bit more about the world of AI and inspired a few more school librarians to engage with it. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on future discussions. Thank you for listening and good night. Bye.